Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another season of Subjectively Speaking on the Inside the Rink Podcast Network. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, speaking of inside the rink, getting a Slack message as we speak because these folks don't stop working and I love that. Laura, we are members of the Inside the Rink podcast network, a move that we announced earlier this week. This is our first show with them. I know you and I are both very excited about it and I, I'm i over the moon. How are you feeling? Uh, some newness. We're working out some kinks of, of how we introduce the show and all the other intricacies there, but we're going to get there, folks. Nothing else really changing. Laura, how are you feeling about this move for us? I feel great. I We've gotten um, some really great responses to the announcement, and I think this is going to open up a lot of different opportunities for us to not only grow the podcast, but grow some other interests that we've had, uh, which is we will now be writing for InsideTheRink.com, which is something that you've done already, well, for other sites previously, but something that it will be brand new to me, and I'm very excited. I love to write, so it's going to be a fun new adventure. Um, But yeah, the Inside the Rink team has been so welcoming and accommodating and just really um, happy for us to join. And yeah, we've just loved the reaction from, you know, people on social media and being really happy for us. So it's a big step, but we are excited. Yeah. And what better time to do it, Laura, than in the midst of NHL free agency, which ends up being a little bit of a dud, but also in the midst of Twitter, just absolutely collapsing on itself. We had originally planned on doing the whole like July 1st, like, oh, hey, like, well, look who we signed with kind of vibe. But obviously Twitter and it's just pure malfunction <laughs> did not allow for us to do that. Instead, we enjoyed some some libations at BrewDog in New Albany, which was a good time. And we just kind of sat there waiting for nothingness. And that's really kind of what we got <laughs> throughout, throughout that day. But Laura, it's it's exciting. I know, you know, you, you were watching me just absolutely drive myself crazy trying to write a little quick 250 word, 300 word write ups on people signing during free agency. So obviously majority Blue Jackets content, but every now and again, I think we'll probably dabble in other areas of, of professional hockey. And so we're pumped. Laura, I think you're going to be great. I think I'm, I think I'm going to have a great time. I think we're going to kill this. I think this is a really cool moment for us and uh, we're looking forward to it. And and that's the other piece of it too. Like I said earlier, I alluded to it. This doesn't change much really at all. This podcast, you're, you're still going to be getting all the same content that you're getting in podcast form from us. And if anything, you might even get it even uh, in some different mediums. Potentially you're watching this on YouTube. We'll see if that worked. If it worked, hey, how's it going? <laughs> it means that I have to behave the whole time. Laura will continue to behave and we'll really just have to basically manage her face when I say certain things so that way you all don't get exposed to the same judgment in the eyes that I do when we record from time to time. This is me painting Laura out to be the bad guy after 186 episodes of me probably being that person. 
And honestly, yeah, these, uh, I am not the bad guy and all looks are warranted. <laughs> and this is the other piece of this. If you're new here, also, you might be new here. What's going on? Welcome in. I, I didn't even think that perhaps you're just listening to our show for the first time because you listen to the, the shows that are on the Inside the Ring podcast network, but welcome here. Blue Jackets podcast, if you're new here. Um, we have thoughts, we have opinions about a lot of things, and you're going to learn about them. And that's what a podcast is for, I feel. So welcome on in. We're glad that you're here. But um, not a ton is going to change about who we are, what we do in this space. We're a good time. And uh, it is usually I that make the faces to Laura. And on top of that, we are both two adults that absolutely have ADHD. Correct. Which means that there will be times where you watch our videos <laughs> And you'll be like, wow, they hate each other. They are so disinterested in what each other are saying. That is wholeheartedly incorrect. We just are neurodivergent. And we cannot focus on anything for more than five seconds at a time. So when you see the crown of my head, that is why. It's because I am neurodivergent and not because I despise my co-host. Thank you for that clarification. I don't know if that was for our watch, like our new viewers or if that was more for you. I, I don't know who I was... I was giving that to more. Well, hopefully it was more so for the new listeners uh, or viewers um, than for me, but I always hope that you're listening to everything that I say, but... At least 87% of it. Mm -hmm. At least. least. But, Laura, we've got a lot of cool things to talk about today. Obviously, the Columbus Blue Jackets, when we last chatted, had wrapped up draft season, had done pretty well by all accounts, and we're entering a free agent period that we really didn't know what was going to to come of it for the Jackets, and uh, Bub Kiss. They've still done not a thing. Correct. So, yeah, there, there wasn't, there hasn't been anything, um, Although this is just occurring to me, so I'm sorry if I'm throwing you off, but we did get a new head coach on free agency day. Oh, the people already, we've been new about this. Everybody been new about this. That's, this is so not news to me at this point. Like, But there may be I, new people to Blue Jackets land that are listening, so. Yeah, but they're probably not new to the hockey land. They know that Mike Babcock has been the guy for about a month now and it is weird though it is news we have to talk about it of course i I just it is like so back of my mind that that happened quote unquote like because frank like i didn't get a lot out of the press conference like i didn't really gain much out of that like no new knowledge really for me but it is news it is news it did happen the blue jackets have a head coach finally shock and awe is everybody okay did everybody see this coming he did try to hire Ed his way into this uh, new situation. He did, yeah. So Laura and I also hire education professionals, so we reference that a lot. So bear with us on that. Yes, and he very much so referenced every single moment he spent working with college athletes or young athletes um, in the last three years um, and the importance of their development. Um, and interestingly enough, their mental health. So those were kind of the most interesting parts of it. Um, but, you know, I simply wanted to talk about it because he ends up playing a minor story in 
what the focus of this episode will be, um, which is the development camp that the Blue Jackets had. But, you know, we just can't bypass the, what is he, the seventh or ninth? Ninth. Ninth head coach for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he didn't say anything that was, like, concerning, I guess you could say. Like, I guess you could say that, you know, there is nothing that he said that made me think, oh, man, like, (laughs) he really hasn't learned anything. I mean, the reality of this whole thing, right, is, like, he is going to be watched like a hawk by anybody and everybody involved, whether that's the media, whether that's the, you know, you know, hockey operations staff in Columbus or the players even. Like, I mean, I feel like there's going to be a lot of that. And, you know, Aaron Portsline of The Athletic reported that Zach Wierenski was, like, a little bit, like, apprehensive or maybe, like, taken back by the hire. But at the end of the day, the overarching theme was that the players wanted to win. And that was what made the decision easy for Yarmo and crew. And so that's where we're at. The Jackets have a new head coach. His name is Mike Babcock. He's got a two-year contract, and he will, you know, he will have the opportunity to resurrect his career. And hopefully for the Jackets' sake it works. And if not, well, it's only a two-year commitment. But um, shameless plug here. I wrote a story about that for Inside the Ring, so you can go check that out. But Laura, uh yeah, he did play a minor part in our weekend. Uh, it is, again, always wild to be a part of or around some of the things that are happening with this team and to just, like, walk into the Chiller North and have Mike Babcock, like, just, like, walk in and, and you know, gym shorts and what I'm going to presume are old Navy flip-flops. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and, and a Jackets quarter zip to, to catch development camp there on Sunday when we went for the first time. Uh, that was surreal. I was like, oh, yeah, he is the head coach of the Blue Jackets. I guess that is true. <laughs> he, he is that guy. And so, obviously, head coaches are not necessarily participating in the development camp. They're not, you know, running drills with the players. They're not, you know, down on the ice. They're watching from above. And that's what he was doing. And uh, a lot of folks there to watch these guys here for the first time on Sunday, Laura. What were your general impressions on the first day? Yeah, it was just really nice uh, as a as a fan um, to be back in in a you know a rink and watching people wearing blue jacket sweaters um, skating around, and it's always really interesting to see the kinds of drills and stuff that the guys go through. And you made the comment, like, how do they know just every single drill that the coach is telling them to do? And it's just in there. And I like, and I think back to the days when I played football and I'm like, I like maybe that, like I, there are a lot of universal things. And so like, there probably is some validity to that, but I like it blows. It's so fast paced. These, these sessions are an hour and 20 minutes. And the number of drills they get done because they don't have to take time to explain what the hell's going on in between drills is insane to me. I will never understand it. Well, and the number of drills that they do where I simply would have passed away. Like I would have broken all of my bones and probably not had any teeth left. Um, Cause they're just, it's crazy the things that they can do um, on skates. Like I know that sounds kind of dumb to say, but like, it is just, it's crazy. Um, and the speed of some of these guys, like, it is really impressive. And there were a lot of um, shining moments out of that first day. Um, and a lot of, like, fans. It was great to see a really solid turnout for the first day. Um, 
and I think that this is a really cool opportunity for, for any of the fans that were able to attend to really just see, you know, what these guys go through and, you know, what potentially like the front office is looking for and, you know, who shines above the rest and all this sort of stuff. And obviously the biggest attraction was the opportunity to see um, third pick, third overall pick Adam Fantilli um, make his debut in a blue jacket sweater. Yeah. I mean, that obviously brought most of the folks into the rink. There's no doubt about it. And for good reason, right? I mean, obviously the hype has been there since he got drafted and you're almost glad that players get the chance to like take a twirl so quickly after something like that to just like shake off the fur, like to let everything really start to set in. And that happened for Adam there on Sunday uh, as he and I, I believe every other prospect that was drafted by the Jackets with the exception of, I believe, well, maybe. Oh no! All was, of the current, all of the current class was there. Were they? It okay. was. It was people from 2022 that were not yes, there. Yes, So essentially, right? Like you're getting a chance to see all these guys for the first time after they just had one of the best weeks of their life, right? Like they just got drafted in the NHL, and that first group was made up of like no disrespect to the people who were in that second group, but that first group was made up of those elite like prospects that the Jackets have been touting around for you know the last year or two in some cases you know obviously Adam Fantilli is in that group second round pick Gavin Brindley is in that group and then you also had players like Jordan Dumay and uh, James Malatesta and you know Michael Puthia and uh, Luca Del Belbalus. Yeah, Luca Del Belbalus is in there. Samuel Nashko is in there. Pavel Shion. So like obviously like this was the group that had a lot of those guys. Denton Matejchuk was in the other group to name. Um, at least one really notable jacket in that group. And I'm forgetting somebody else by not going through that list. So my apologies there. But, but yeah, I mean, obviously, like you saw the peak of what the jackets have. And on that first day, I mean, I think I found myself, I really was like all in focused on Adam Fantilli. And I think that I couldn't have been alone in that. And I was intentional then when we went on, on Tuesday to make sure that, you know, pay attention to other areas of the ice. But yeah, I mean, he was incredible. He was incredible. And, you know, just casually dished to Michigan, uh, you know, into the back of the net there as he was wrapping up a drill. I mean, he's just got a lot of swagger and, you know, he's confident, but he's asking questions on the ice. He's not, you can tell that his demeanor on the ice isn't, it's a competitive demeanor. It's a confident demeanor, but it's not the demeanor of a guy who thinks that he, he's, you know, playing out of his league in and being there. Right. I mean, like he was a pretty humble dude. It seemed like at least in, in this first glance that we had of him. Yeah. He's doing a great combination of listening and leading all at the same time. Like he is not shy with, like you said, asking questions or taking critique. Um, but he's also not shy at, you know, cheering on his teammates or giving some direction while, doing a play or whatnot and but he does it already at 18 years old like he does it like he's been in the league for forever um and yeah he that first day it was hard to watch anyone but him because it was just to see his talent um and his just like general hockey knowledge like live and in person like right up front because I mean 
when you get to go to prospect camp, like you can stand right on the glass and, you know, watch these guys do the drills. So it was definitely hard to not just focus on him, but I think we did good when we went back on Tuesday and caught a few more uh, faces and all that sort of stuff. Definitely. And I mean, there definitely are still players that your eye is, is drawn to naturally either because they're just so fast or because they just, have a frame that, you know, it catches your eye, right? I mean, like, they're, like, Martin Rice, Abby, is a player that is a big dude, right? Like, he obviously, like, you just, it's hard to not look his direction when he's on the ice. And then you've got guys like Gavin Brindley, who, I mean, like, I think everybody was pretty excited about when he was drafted. I think the story of his friendship with Adam Fantilli, which we'll get to in a second, um, that story obviously is making some folks buy you know, um, affiliation, Gavin Brindley fans, because, you know, they're Adam Fantilli fans. They want to see how this goes for Gavin as well. And obviously Gavin is a guy who's going to go back to college this year. There's no doubt about that, but he's somebody who I think has been really good for the Jackets and, and was really good for the Jackets in this development camp. You got a glimpse of him as a shooter. I mean, my God, he's got one hell of a shot and, you know, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what he can develop into. I mean, I think he's got a lot of, he's hard to get off the puck. I mean, like it was just like fascinating to watch him. I, you know, I want to say, was it him and Tyler Peddle that were going at it on mm. Tuesday? Like Tyler Peddle is like a bigger dude, right? I mean, like he's, I think like six, two, like up, like one, not like he's up there. Like he's not. A yeah. Small he's guy. a, he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Gavin Brindley's not quite to that, to that level. Right. And, and so, you know, he, he was hard to get off the puck though. They were running some, um, you know, some, you know, tip in front of the net, deflection in front of the net, you know, some screening, uh, you know, get the guy out of the crease kind of drills. And he was hard to get off the puck um, and he was hard to get out of the crease. So he was, he was fun to watch. But I think the thing that has obviously caught everybody's attention is the friendship between Adam Fantilli and Gavin Brindley. And, and Laura, I mean, I think that we knew that there was potential for this the, the second that Gavin got drafted, didn't we? Like we saw that that this was a potential storyline and that it could be a lot of fun to watch this happen. Yeah. I mean, Adam was there on day two of the draft um, and he was basically outside of the um, people from the front office and stuff that were on the stage when Gavin got, uh, well, not the stage, I guess when Gavin got called down as, as he got drafted, um, Adam was basically the first guy that was there and just gave him, just like the biggest hug and you can definitely tell um, that they have been through a lot together, even in the short time that they've been friends and um, they just really care a lot about each other. They give very like Milo and Otis energy. Um, And I just, you know, think it's adorable and, you know, they Gavin got to be a part of a really big moment um, for Adam, as Adam signed his three-year entry-level contract um, the day before development camp um, started, and he got to be the witness for Adam, and it's just such a cool moment for both of them. And we were lucky enough to participate um, in a media scrum on Sunday, on the first day of camp, and Jeremy making us look just like so professional. 
got to capture some of the best moments from the two of them describing what that moment was like. What was it like being able to be a witness to, to Adam signing his entry level? What was that like for you? Yeah, um, I mean, really cool. Like, I almost cried. Like, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, crazy past couple days for him. And I know his family, and I saw his dad, G, and he's, like, in tears after he gets drafted. And I'm sitting there, and I hug him, and I'm like, dude, this is, this is nuts. So he's, um, I mean, he's done an unbelievable job with everything. and. He's um, excited to see what he can do. So it was really cool being a part of that. Imagine he's going to be your witness for your ELCA. Yeah, he's going to have to be now or else I'm going to be a bad guy. So <laughs> Yeah, how special was it for Gavin to be your witness to your ELC? Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I know uh, I wanted him to come up and, and watch um, and be there with me. And my dad came in and my dad had my mom on FaceTime. So it was, it was really, really cool. And then I saw that we were allowed to have two witnesses there. And um, I asked Gavin to, if he wanted to do it. And he was, he was pumped too. So. It uh, means a lot to me that, that his signature is on that paper as well. So you're going to have to return the favor, right, when he signs his Absolutely. Okay. If he doesn't, I'll be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cute. It's, it's so cool. cute. And yeah, I mean, I'm so proud of you for, like, being brave and, you know, going up with, like, I mean, quarter people and making us look so good. Okay, this to me, though, like, this is the thing. Like, I it's really cool for, for us, I think. And like, for me, especially like getting a chance to talk to these guys when they're at this point in their, in their development, like this is literally like the college age student that I work with the most. So like, it, it feels like some of the questions I feel like come from a place of like, just wanting to get to know these guys, like get to understand like what makes them tick because that's going to tell you so much more about them on the ice as well. And so getting to, to know the behind the scenes of that and, uh, you know, to, to learn more about what that relationship is like for the two of them, like, and Gavin is like really, truly on the hook. Uh, you know, he called it with, you know, Gavin's availability was first. And so it, it, I, part of why I laughed so hard, especially when Adam said, Oh, I'll, I'll be pissed. If not, it was, you know, you heard Gavin say like, I have to, or else I'm going to be the bad guy. Like, so it, it was just funny to to see that come full circle moment, but but yeah, it was a good time. And also, shout out to to our good friend uh, Danny Danny Smith at the Danny Smith at the Danny Hockey for capturing that too and, and throwing it on TikTok as well. So if you haven't seen that moment, go check it out. It's a pretty cool pretty cool clip, and so appreciate Danny for that. We literally she she was great to us this last week. <laughs> Yeah, she really made um, some a couple of big days for us. Uh, much calmer and captured them perfectly, so could not be more grateful. And it was funny that you mentioned like having the opportunity to speak with these young prospects, and like because they are basically the same age of the students that we work with. And um, I'm basically dragging my coworker Justin into being a hockey fan and was telling him about our you know last few days today and i said it's really easy for higher ed people to get you know interested in perspective and young players because they're the they are our students and like you can see some of the things that like a typical college student would go through in their eyes as well like making these huge adjust, uh, adjustments and like having to figure out how to be you know on their own for the first time and even down to the basics of like, how do I cook for myself? How do I grocery shop? Like, where do I get an apartment sort of <laughs> situations? And yes, the Blue Jackets are very well set up to like 
help um, these people or these, you know, prospective players with these decisions, but you can still see it and feel it from them. And so um, it's definitely like a higher ed thing where we get a little bit more attached to these, these youngins um, because they're, they are our everyday life. Correct. Without a doubt. And uh, the the best part about all of this is like, right now we get the chance to watch guys that, are going to be NHL. It's like every now and again, you get into a point of, you know, uh, uh, franchises prospect pool where you're winning. And so your prospect pool maybe isn't as developed or doesn't have as, as much to look forward to as maybe it does when, when you've been a little rough for the last couple of years. So you've developed some pretty high draft capital, which just turned into some pretty, pretty great prospects. These are all going to be NHLers. And um, Laura, real quick, like before we get too far, when these guys are NHLers, you're going to make sure that you catch all the games that they play in. Um, and you're going to do that by signing up to subscribe for ESPN plus your number one spot to watch NHL hockey by visiting inside the rink.com backslash ESPN. But Laura, once those guys take the ice, it's, you know, there are three of them that I think have a real shot to do it soon. And we got a chance to talk to them. Um, obviously there are more guys in this, in this, space that were a part of development camp that that could be fighting for a roster spot this year but there are definitely three guys one i think is pretty safe <laughs> what do you say like do you think the one is pretty oh uh, yeah i think he's pretty good yeah, i think yeah. i think he's got a pretty sure shot um to be on that opening day roster yeah and you've you've heard from him a little bit already on this one guys it's adam fantilli we'll talk to him a little bit but you know we got a chance to talk to two other guys as well that I think one of them is somebody who people talk about a lot. The other one is who we're going to start with. And he's a guy that I feel like people talk about pretty often, but not consistently, if that makes sense. I think he's somebody who constantly, we talk to him about this, constantly is talked about around Dev Camp, around Traverse City. Uh, and that's James Malatesta. He makes a name for himself whenever he, he plays in these spaces. I mean, him and, and Jordan Dumay were line mates last year at Traverse City, uh, and they were maybe one of the more consistent lines out there. Obviously, Johnson and Marchenko did some damage as well, but it, it really truly was like those two lines were made a great top six in Traverse City. And, and so we got a chance to talk to James. Uh, obviously great season in the queue. We talked to him about that and he's, he's got aspirations to, to be in the, in the big leagues next year. So let's check it out. You know, obviously like this is, um, not your first rodeo. Uh, you, you've done this before with the jackets, but you've had one hell of a season, uh, this last year. So walk us through a little bit about that, right? I mean, not only were you, you know, successful regular season over a point per game, but also playoff MVP, winning the Memorial cup. I mean, a lot of fun, right? So, yeah. so talk to us a little bit about what that last year has been like and what you've learned from it. Yeah, I mean, it's been pretty. It was pretty hectic. I mean, you know, everything happened within a window of like two weeks. We won uh, the President Cup and then the Memorial Cup, so it took a bit of time for everything to sink in. But had a couple weeks off after the season, and I mean, it feels good to come here, see some familiar faces, obviously some new faces, you know, so meeting some new guys. But uh, that's what I love about it here. You always, you know, get to meet new guys, and it's great to to get on the ice with them. Definitely. 
Every time you skate with the jackets, whether it be here at Development Camp or in Traverse City, you always um, make quite the impression. So when you're out on the ice, what are you trying to convey, you know, to everyone who's watching you or even your fellow teammates on the ice? Like, what do you want to show about your game? Well, I think, you know, the culture here, we always want to push each other. So even if it's between teammates, so, you know, every drill, just give it our 100%. And then, I don't know, I just don't really try and change my game. I just play how I play in a normal game. So, yeah. Awesome. Good stuff. And you're going to have a chance to make your pro debut this year, whether that be in Cleveland, whether that be in Columbus. So, yeah. you know, talk to us a little about, like, what does the off-season regimen look like for you? What's the plans after you leave here? And does anything change going into this uh, preseason for you? No, nothing's changed. I'm trying to keep my same, you know, habits, work habits, yeah. go in the gym, get on the ice, and obviously come here with a, a good mindset for the camp and, you know, come here wanting to make the Blue Jackets. And, you know, worst case, if that never doesn't happen, then I'm, I'm going to try and crack the, uh, the Cleveland sure. roster. But... Obviously, you know, it'd be nice if I can play my first pro year uh, this year. Yeah, so, yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Well, hey, thank you so much. Appreciate, you guys, it. appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, take time. Thank good you. luck. Enjoy the time off. Yeah, thank you. Of course. It was great hearing from him about just this crazy, impressive season that he's had and all the things that he was able to accomplish. I mean, it's, it's hard to imagine, like, obviously being that gifted in something, but then again, to be so young and again, to just be so humble about it all. Um, and he does, he truly flies under the radar of most people, but I know if he's given the chance this season to be either up in Cleveland or who knows with us in Columbus, like he's really going to shine in a lot of different ways because he wants it. And he, you know, he's good. Yeah, I mean, he's he's somebody who it was fun to see, like, when we asked him about the season that he had, like, some guys, the next guy we talked to is one of these guys that say deadpan, right? And that's no hate. Like, it's just like they're deadpan, right? When you ask him about, like, a success or something like that. But it was cool to see James. I felt like he, like, smiled quite a bit when he was recalling the year that he had. I mean, obviously, it's it's just still wrapping up. He's still processing it. But obviously he had a great year and he felt really great about the year that he had. And I think that adds to what he's going to bring into, into the fall when he, when he fights for a roster spot, I think ultimately he's a Cleveland guy. And I think that's awesome. I think he's going to play meaningful minutes in Cleveland. I'd be interested to see if maybe you could, I mean, if you put him and, and Trey Fixolansky on a line, I mean like the, the pure like anger per body height, like capita there is like, top notch like those are two guys that can get a little bit a little bit chippy and they're they're small but they're hard to get off the puck yeah that would be super fun to watch and i think he would do really well in cleveland and i think it would be a great sort of like and obviously it is like the mid-step but like for him and his development i think spending a quality amount of time in cleveland would be a great mid-step to really push him over that edge to get him you know, NHL ready. And, you know, like you said, he had a very similar year to the next person that we spoke to. And that is someone who you got to chat with when we were at Traverse City last fall, but who has also done just an incredible amount of growing up, like even from seeing pictures of him from in the fall to when we were able to speak with him, he just looks so much more mature and, you know, he is a very <laughs> passionate person, but he knows what his job is and he knows what works for him and he knows where he wants to go. 
So he's kind of a no fuss, um, don't take anybody like shit sort of guy. And it was really interesting to see how much um, future all-star Jordan Dumais like has just really grown through the last year. Um, So let's check out our conversation with him. So obviously you come in here having back-to-back 100-point seasons. Your hair's been on fire in Halifax, right? So talk to us a little bit about what this year has been like for you since you got drafted, obviously, winning the MVP in the queue, most points in the queue. But what have all of that meant for your development and just, you know, how, how it changes how you come in here this this week? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, it's said, I mean, I think it was a good year overall. I mean, uh, I came for a death camp here last year, missing the guys, and uh, I can help out my game a bit. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think through my season last year, I think I went pretty well. I mean, we camp a little short, but I think overall, I think I got better as a a person and a player and it was good overall. Yeah. Awesome. And obviously you're going to be at training camp this fall fighting for your spot on this NHL roster. So what does the, um, the rest of the offseason look like for you? What does training look like? Are you going to do anything different uh, to prepare for this year than you did from last summer? I don't think so, no. I mean, I think last summer I started working on my floss too and I think I have a routine every day and I train every day and all that. So I think I'm just going to stick to my training and uh, just believe in myself. Yeah, and I mean, obviously when people bring you up, they're talking about the points that you score and all that kind of stuff, but talk to us a little bit about, like, what's what's something you don't hear people talk about in terms of your game that, that you wish more people would know about the way you play outside of just what you put up on the board? I think my, my work ethic, I think I, I work really hard for my points and just in the corners and stuff. I think, yeah. uh, like, uh, I work hard and it seems like on the ice and... Uh, and in the defensive zone too, I mean, I know it's not the best, but I think to a certain extent people exaggerate sometimes. Fair, fair. Yeah. Any hard blood between you and James uh, playing together in the queue, playing against each other in the queue? What's that like for you two, getting yeah, a chance it's, to... It's definitely fun. I mean, seeing each other in the finals too, I mean, that was, yeah. that was really fun. I mean, obviously it's competitive and all that, but in the end of the day it was fun, and I'm happy for him that he won even though I want to win. So it's your second summer with some time in Columbus. Have you got, do you feel like you got to know the city a little bit more the second time around? and yeah. feeling comfortable and excited to potentially be here? Yeah, definitely, yeah. I mean, I've been through the city a lot with a couple guys. I mean, every day we all walk in and eating places. So I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's an underrated city and uh, it's fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, hey, we appreciate it. Best Thank of luck the rest guys. of the summer. Thank Take you. care. We'll Thank see you around. You. Yeah, and, and obviously for him, it's Halifax or Columbus. But it, it's just, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who, even when you ask him about, like, what, what areas of your game do you think, like, don't get enough attention or whatever have you, I mean, like, he, like, I don't want to say like got defensive. Obviously, he wasn't like defensive or whatever have you. But he was like, I think that there are definitely some things that people mischaracterize about my game. And I thought it was interesting to hear him say that. I feel like some guys aren't as vocal about those things when they feel like their their games being mischaracterized. And and I think that's why we like to ask a question like that because obviously there's something that sticks about a prospect throughout his his trajectory. Obviously, whether that's you know, the overall, say, like, the speed of a guy like, you know, Adam Fantilli or the just prowess and skill of a Kent Johnson. Like, there are things that you obviously, like, identify a prospect with. And for Jordan DeMay, obviously, it's it's playmaking. It's, it's you know, putting up points. And that's the narrative. That's what it sticks to. But it's fun to be able to hear him talk about the things outside of that that he feels should be talked about. And, hey, somebody gives me a chance to talk about myself and what I'm good at. I'm going to take it. And so kudos to him for doing it. Yeah. He, he, you know, was a champ throughout the interview and it was just so, like I said, so interesting to get that one-on-one time with him and just be able to, to, you know, look back at how much we've seen him develop in just Mm -hmm. not even a year, like 10 months, basically. 
Um, so I'm excited to see um, how he progresses through the rest of the offseason and uh, what he shows us at uh, Traverse City Prospect uh, Camp. So it's going to be really exciting. But of course, the most exciting and what everybody is waiting for, and which was a um, very exciting moment for both of us, was the opportunity to speak one-on-one with Adam Fantilli. Um, and I've said this about Cole Sillinger in the past, um, but Adam Fantilli handles himself like he has been a pro for years. And mm-hmm. to think about the amount of things that this kid has gone through in the last 10 days, but really in the last you know six months as everyone started talking about the draft and where everyone would go, like he has handled it so beautifully. And I, I think I can speak for both of us. It was such a pleasure like speaking with him. Like we had a great time in the like four ish minutes that we got to spend with him one-on-one. And I think it's just a really cool uh, conversation and we're not going to keep wasting any more time. Here it is. For years, you know, the narrative has always been the guys who want to come to Columbus are the guys with families, with kids, got a chance to check out the different things that around the city. I feel like we're kind of changing the narrative a little bit. You are. Um, with guys who are younger, they want to come to Columbus. So, so what's that been like for you to, to kind of be beating the Columbus drum over the course of the last week? Yeah, obviously I'm super excited to be here. Um, and all the guys that have on the team are phenomenal hockey players. All the prospects trying to make the team are, are great guys and great players as well. So just being here and, and trying to have fun while we're doing it and show our best selves. It's, it's been a lot of fun coming to Columbus. I, me and Brindley jumped on those spin scooters and just kind of ripped around town and let everybody yeah. got to see the, the city a bit. And, uh, the, the crew brought us out to go watch a game yeah. there, which is really, really cool. So just they've shown a lot of hospitality and just being able sure. to see the city has been great. Yeah, definitely. So hockey's obviously been a part of your life for forever. So if you could put, pick any two NHL players, past or present, to be on your wings for a shift, who would you pick and why? That's a tough question. I have a lot of people that I idolize. Um, I'd probably have to say... Um, Cam Neely and uh, Sidney Crosby. Those are incredibly awesome choices. I think you would be a dynamic trio for sure. (laughs) Good stuff. Well, you obviously received a ton of of praise for your draft day fit, right? Obviously the vest, paying homage to the folks that have helped you get to where you're at. So couple couple questions for you about that. In terms of, you know, the thought process behind that, when did you know that was something you wanted to do? And then the follow-up to that is, you know, obviously we've got some guys out here that like to, to put on a little bit of a fashion show, Patrick Line being the main the main <laughs> cause there, but are you going to challenge him a little bit to be the best dressed here definitely in the locker not. room? <laughs> I've, uh, I've seen his outfits. He, he definitely dresses really well on the way to the rink, and he's got pretty good style, so I'm just going to try and stick to my classic suit and go to the rink and put day. my head down so Fair enough. yeah at the at the drafts i mean probably about six months prior myself and my parents came up with the idea to try and bring everybody that's helped me out along the way up on stage with me and we wanted to initially put it on the inside of my va- uh my suit and sure. do it on the liner but that was going to be a little bit too hard and we then had the idea to put on the back of the vest a little bit more rectangular there so um did that i like the font the way everything turned out it yeah. was great and then having the pictures on the inside of all my friends and it felt nice to bring them all up on stage with me. Definitely. Definitely. That's awesome. And finally, one of our favorite things to cover is the impact that the team has on the community. So what's a cause or belief that's near or dear to your heart that you hope to work on or work towards over the course of your career? Uh, I just like to try and help out as much as I can. People who are unemployed, some people that might not be able to, to afford hockey gear, afford 
uh, to have the same privileges that I had as a kid. Uh, I, was, I was really fortunate to, to grow up in a household. My parents could afford to put me in hockey and afford to be there right every day. So whatever foundation I can get into to, to help out with kids like me now, that's what I'm going to want to do. I haven't become too familiar with anything in Ohio yet, but I'm going to do my best to, to contribute to that. Awesome. And then what's what's the favorite thing that, that you and Gavin found around town uh, while you're wandering about on the scooters? Um, I don't know. We just thought it was a, it was a pretty beautiful spot. Um, going down High Street, we, we stopped in at, at Parlay there. Oh, uh, yeah. We had some uh, – we had a steak there. We had some mattress there. And then we went down to uh, Town Hall, is that what sure, it's called? Sure. We, we went there and kind of stopped in and said hi to a few guys there. And just going down that street, I mean, just walking around, we've had so much fun. I don't know if there's one particular spot. Sure. Um, but just stopping in everywhere, kind of getting the vibe of everything. It was just really, really cool. Good stuff. Well, hey, you'll have a lot more to check out here in September when you get back here. So um, nice. what, what does the off-season look like for you? Are any any plans? Yeah, right now I'm uh, on Thursday morning. I'm going to be flying out to Prince Edward Island to go see some nice. family there. And I'll spend a few days there. And then after that, I'm going right down to Plymouth, Michigan. And start training for the offseason. Good stuff. Good deal. Well, hey, we appreciate it. Take care, Adam. Best of luck, as always. Take care. You as well. I think he's going to occasionally give Patty a run for his money. Yeah, I think he has to. I I think he undersold himself a little bit there, but that was, it felt very, like, appropriate for the the way that he handled himself throughout everything like throughout this entire process was very much like prim and proper and like by the book and like i i can't do that like i'm gonna it's gonna be a suit game day suit you'll see me there and that'll be it it's just fascinating um to hear that but i mean at least ask elvis where he gets his suit stud locally so he can get like some fun like inside panels or you know, something. Use that DSW connection if we still have it to to get him some sweet kicks as well. But I think I think as he gets over the nervousness and the, you know, whoa, here I am sort of thing, he'll start getting more into his his personality and, you know, maybe he'll show up in a Celine bucket hat one day. Maybe. Maybe. I hope that's how Patrick Lennig greets every new player that comes into the Blue Jackets locker room is just with a Celine Bucket hat. Uh, I mean, hey, nothing nothing says welcome to Columbus. Like a, a bucket $6, hat. $6,000 bucket hat. <laughs> my God, my God. But <laughs> is it really $6,000? That is so foul. Yeah. Oh, I remember God. looking it up when we first no, saw I know it. You're, I know you're right. It's just like, oh, man, I just can't even, I can't even imagine it. But... But yeah, I mean, it was it was so much fun getting to to chat with some of these guys and to just be able to see, you know, the the Blue Jackets, you know, front office administration, like they like are paying a lot of attention to these prospects. It was cool to see the entire coaching staff, the you know entire front office there at one point or another watching and getting to know these guys a little bit better. I mean, I'm sure that that is something that you see across the league, but it just to me it felt. It felt cool to to be able to see them doing that and investing in it and enjoying it so much. I mean, obviously, Yarmulkekalainen, like, this is his bread and butter. This is, like, where he cut his teeth. I mean, he loves it. But to see the other guys there, getting to know these guys, it feels like a really cool thing to be able to witness. And also just kudos, as always, to the Jackets for for granting such access to folks like us to be able to, to tell you all some of these fun little stories that – probably don't get airtime on your major networks or major publications, but 
you know, we, you all know this about us. Like we, we like to tell the stories that don't always get told. And so shout out to the Jackets for always letting us go in, try to tell those stories. Doesn't always happen, but I feel like this weekend they, they opened up, they told some stories and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And we definitely like to take all of you along with us on these journeys because like we say, you, we are nothing without all of you. And these experiences are your experiences too. So we hope that you feel part of this process with us. And um, that is, you know, part of our reason for changing to inside the rink is we want to be able to bring more of these uh, personal um, and interpersonal uh, interactions to all of you as well. So we hope that we can um, do a lot more of that in the future. But I want to also give a shout out to the Blue Jackets for inviting Ohio State women's hockey coach, Coach Muzzy, to be a coach at development camp um, because, A, she is a badass, and B, I just I just think it's so awesome to finally be opening this window. And not that she should have to prove herself to anyone, but I think – if you look at the past two, three years performance of the Ohio State women's hockey team, she has earned this um, fully. She is an incredible coach. She's led those girls to such incredible heights. And it's great to see her getting that recognition. Great to see uh, that Rick Nash like personally invited her um, to come and coach at Prospect or at Development Camp. So just shout out to her. Hopefully we'll get a little bit more interaction with her um, down the line. But for me as a woman in sports, um, it's just great to see that and great to see the Blue Jackets embracing um, her talent. Yeah, I mean, she was a lot of fun to watch too. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, she she brings a ton of knowledge to the ice and she obviously, I mean, like the players were nothing but attentive and respectful to everything she had to say. You could tell that they know that she knows her shit and she uh, like you said, doesn't have to prove it to anybody. It's just cool that the Jackets invited her in. A couple of other teams around the league also doing something similar. So kudos to them and also for making it visible and like wanting to tell the story as well. So uh, they'll they'll be competing for another Women's National Championship this year. There's no doubt Ohio State, one of the most consistent women's hockey programs in the country. And that is something that consistency is – a trait that a lot of these guys could stand to learn when they make their way into the Columbus locker room. So we love to see it. Um, Laura, I'm, I'm trying to think of the other major takeaways from, from development camp. I mean, I, I think the guys that we've talked about were really the guys who have impressed. I mean, Tyler Peddle, I'll, I'll say again, like if he works out, like if he, like he honestly, like I don't want to make the total comp like comparison here, but like literally just in the case that like, Last guy drafted, potentially a pest. Him and Patrick Hornquist, like that idea of like just like Tyler Pedal gives me the impression of somebody who would just be an absolute menace on the ice. And uh, I would love to see that work out. I would love to see that develop in Columbus. Um, that, yeah, that would be well worth it. You can definitely see that in in his time on the ice and in the opportunity that we, we had with him during the scrum. Like just he – he is very focused, like, and he is very grateful. 
And, you know, he's been this, this story over the last um, week or so about, you know, obviously being drafted last and like what that means and all that sort of stuff. But he is determined. And I think uh, he started to really show that here in development camp. And I think at Traverse City, he will he will definitely be doing everything he can to like shine through. Um, and that, you know, goes the same for we we got uh, a minute or two to uh, speak with Luca Del Balbaluz as well. And he is aiming to make his pro debut uh, this fall in Cleveland, um, which will just be so exciting. He's such a fun player to watch. Like he's not the greatest skater. <laughs> like he doesn't like he, he definitely has some places to work on, but like, other than that, he just is really fun to watch and he has a lot of energy and he's like a little, he, well, he is a little kid, but like basically in my eyes, but like, he's like a little kid um, in a candy store when he's on the ice, just the biggest smile, like so happy to be there, but can also, you know, beat the crap out of someone and take them down if need be. So I'm excited and I hope that he does get that opportunity to start in Cleveland. Um, Cause I think, He's going to be a really fun one to watch and will potentially get his opportunity, depending on how things go with the Blue Jackets, um, to maybe get a one or two chances up with the big club. Yeah, he, he's going to be a good story to watch this year, without a doubt. And I think, you know, continue to look forward to seeing what happens with some of these guys. Make sure you follow them, too. I mean, like, again, like Laura said, like some of these guys are definitely going to make their way to Traverse City. There's no doubt about that. But you know, make sure you keep up with these guys, figure out where they're playing their next year, whether that be in junior college hockey in Europe, just check it out. Make sure you follow them. I think that's half of the fun, right? It's just trying to keep up with everything that'll be coming the blue jackets way over the course of the next few years. So keep up with them. They all have really infectious personalities too. So hopefully a lot of these guys hit. So that way they can, they can be marketed across the sport because a lot of cool dudes are a part of this group. And so it's been fun watching them this weekend uh, get through development camp. Yeah. And as they say, the children are our future. So, you know, the more you, <laughs> the more you learn about them, the more prepared. <laughs> the more you will be prepared for how they will bring success in Columbus down the oh road. My God. <laughs> That's going to be stuck in my head. I apologize. I am a child of the 80s. So, well, the end of the 80s. Never (laughs) to walk in anyone's shadows. Okay. All right. Well, here we are. Sorry. This is who you're getting tonight. And I don't apologize. It's okay. I like it. I'm on my second LaCroix. That's what I want to blame it on. Ugh. Like first day, first day on like a new network, right? Like so, I wasn't like pop, like a hundred percent sure what the like uh, like drinking policy was on the show. So, a Lacroix today until we have clarity. But well, I'm just drinking out of my very expensive water bottle that I'm obsessed with. I love that for you. Okay, well, Laura, is there anything else on your hockey brain before we bring this one home? Not really. I mean, we got to assume that something is going to happen trade-wise soon. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, Yarmo did at the end of uh, development camp t- today say that they are definitely not done, but that the 
interesting thing is that most teams are cap strapped. So like any sort of trades that are going to happen are going to have to be like one for one, like pretty even trades because there's really no money um, to be passed around. Um, And for someone who has to make, you know, some pretty significant cuts in some areas um, that could make things a little dicey, but he also did say that he had a phone call with another GM this morning or this afternoon. So, although, but Jeremy corrected me and said he probably has those every day. So, um, so yeah, hope. it's going to be interesting. So we'll see, but also happy belated birthday to Yarmo and to our yes. favorite bug stinger. Yes. So, even though he doesn't follow us on Twitter. So yeah. What's going on with that stinger? What is up with that? Is it me? Is it because of my love for boomer? Probably. You're my number one stinger. I love you. And Hey, you've got a silver medal in my book, my guy. Rude. Hey, I can't lie. I can't lie. And hey, it's called subjectively speaking for a reason, right? We don't have to be right. That's true. We gave ourselves that protection when we named the show. <laughs> that is true. We did. Intention in everything. Intention in everything. Well, speaking of intentions, uh, I hope this goes well because this is the new outro. <laughs> So without further ado, <laughs> I'm just me just trying to take away from all the weirdness that either Laura or my, I might feel during this process. But um, you obviously can always keep up with us. We, again, are taking on a new venture of writing for the site InsideTheRink.com. And you can, I, I have a few stories up, did a couple of the free agent deals, but then also a story about Adam Fantilli and also a story about Mike Babcock up there uh, already live for you. And you can follow my writing Twitter at ITR Jeremy. And Laura is about to start popping out some stories of her own. You don't want to miss those. So Laura, tell the good people where they can find you. Yes. Um, I'm hoping to have that, I don't know, in the next couple of days. But until then, you can follow my writing at ITR Laura, um, where we'll be sharing. And we'll also be sharing it on our main feeds, too. But um, if you want it directly um, and first, you can follow us on these new Twitter accounts. And hopefully Twitter doesn't implode, you know, entirely, although it feels that way a little bit. But, you know. If it does, there are other places. There are other places, and I'm happy to tell the lovely people about them. So, obviously, you can keep up with the show by following us on social media. We are on uh, Facebook, TikTok, and, or no, Facebook and Instagram, and Thread at Subjectively Pod. And we are on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. That was a little bit new, so sorry for the fumble. Um, You can also check out our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. And if you want to support your two favorite hockey podcasters and get some sweet merch in exchange, you can check out our merch store, which is subjectivelymerch.com. 
And lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on, particularly Apple Music. You can scroll on down and hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And we don't know how the algorithms work. We just know that all of these interactions help us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and help bring more people to this lovely little community of ours. But other than that, we just appreciate all the love that we've been getting um, over our move to Inside the Rink. And, you know, we wouldn't be here without you. And we just appreciate you so much. Absolutely. And to just echo Laura's sentiment, you all are the best. And we appreciate y'all putting up with us and wanting even more of us. And you're going to get it. So uh, we're, we're excited to give it to you. Make sure that you take care of yourselves, take care of one another. And we will chat with you all next week about, well, that's for the former birthday boy to decide for us but uh take care and we will talk to you all soon bye